Namaste, bitches. Kajimura Tashiv. Did you like that? It was a wee bit of um, a vibration from this little meditation bowl that I got recently. It's a, what is it called? A singing bowl. It's like a little brass bowl that has a wee mallet with it and you can whack it like that as well. But I was just turning the mallet around the edge of it and it makes this nice sound. And today it's a podcast with just me and you again and I've been sitting up here in the Rebel Matters studio getting myself up for doing this wee podcast for the last hour or so just trying to get myself into a nice wee headspace and I thought it would be cool to open up with a bit of namaste for all you guys as well so <clears throat> there you go I actually got this bowl a couple of months ago to try and break a habit that I was after forming of going on my phone in the morning time I was just kind of having my phone by the side of the bed and going to check on social media and stuff as soon as the alarm went off, which wasn't doing me any favours from a headspace point of view. So I bought this little bowl and um, instead of going on my phone, I just get up in the morning and kind of kneel down and do a little like that and then listen to it until the sound is gone and it's been like really meditative. And then by the time... I finished listening to that we sound and no longer want to go on my phone. So happy days. Um, also quite relevant to bring that into the podcast today because it has been a class couple of weeks. Actually, there's a lot of stuff happening. I'll fill this in before I tell you what we're going to be talking about in the podcast today. But let's get rid of this here for a second. Um, oh, do you remember this little thing? Just got this sitting on the table as well. Might as well give it a wee run. podcast before as well anyway it has been a really nice couple of weeks um a few weeks ago we did the texas village festival and recorded that live podcast with tpm which is up on the rebel matters everywhere that you can find the rebel matters the tpm episode is there and it was really good crack to do that and then after that there was the way of the west festival which was down in lep which was two weeks ago and it was exceptional it was just this little festival of about 100 people that was organised around in West Cork, kind of around Connolly's and there was another kind of central camping place that had a tent and stuff and it was just all over an amazing experience because it was such a small group and the music was class, kneecap were there, Bon Voyage were there but one of the first acts was by Run Child Run Ian Sims who was after coming over from America just specifically for that festival and I've been listening to it flat out on um, Spotify ever since he has so he's under the name Run, Run Child Run on Spotify and there's an album called Vanishing Point and just haven't been able to get enough of listening to those songs there's one called Hungry and another one called Can't Catch Me and I've been listening to those bad boys on loop and actually listened to it for a good bit just to get myself into the right headspace for this podcast it's a really different prospect doing one of these sit-down kind of solo-run podcasts compared to doing an interview with somebody. Doing an interview with someone, in some respects, is easier because I just do the research, get the questions ready, and go and have a bit of banter with someone and let them do their thing. Whereas doing the sit-down podcasts, kind of feel a bit more pressure or something. And I'm glad that you're here. Now that we're here together, I just feel like a bit of responsibility to deliver something useful for you. So um, it just took a little bit of time to get the headspace, get the head right for it. And actually, it's Che Guevara's birthday today. Ernesto Che Guevara was born on the 14th of June, 1928. And for anyone who's not familiar with Che Guevara, he was actually from Argentina and was a physician, was the leader of, one of the leaders of the Cuban Revolution and one of my favorite films actually is of is about Che Guevara and his friend Alberto Granado who did a motorbike journey around 
South America. Um, I think like after leaving medis- medical school or something like that, that they went and did it. And it's a, a Spanish movie, but it's really nice kind of... It's kind of about Che Guevara before he became Che Guevara, before he became the revolutionary when he was going around and seeing what life was like for people. And in many ways, that's the only way that we can get a real feel for what's happening in the world by going around and making those genuine connections with people and talking to regular people, breaking away from all the advertising and the marketing and just seeing what people are up to. And I think that really influenced what Che Guevara did in his later life. And also really interesting to know that, I don't know if he's, that the that iconic image of Che Guevara, the red flag with the black silhouette of Che Guevara was done by Jim Fitzpatrick, an Irish artist. It's kind of a world-renowned, world-renowned um, image. It's kind of like an icon of the revolution as well over the years. And also Che Guevara had Irish, Irish relatives, um, his full name is Ernesto Che Guevara Lynch, by all accounts, and I know he spent some time in Spanish Point, I think, and I think his, his uh, granny was Irish, so it's good to have that bit of a connection um, with the Cuban Revolution here in Ireland as well, so son is the new Che Guevara, um, wherever you're at. Uh, what are we going to talk about today? Oh, so after Where the West... Then, oh, that's what I was saying, sorry. At Way of the West, Ian, who is Run Child Run, did his gig at the beginning of the festival and at the end of the festival then took, facilitated a sound bath for anybody who was still awake at five o'clock in the morning, which was actually most people at that time and had a, a bowl like the one that I had there, except a bigger version of it and started making that, that vibration with the bowl and we were all lying there and went on for four hours. It was really brilliant, a brilliant experience. So I would really recommend going finding a sound bath somewhere if you want to try something really different and something very meditative, kind of cleansing as well. There is a sound bath happening at Body and Soul. I believe if anybody is going up to Body and Soul, I think one of the tents is hosting a sound bath up there, which would have like a lot of those kind of percussion instruments, gongs and things like that going on and you can go in there and soak yourself up in good vibrations. I would highly recommend it. I'm going to try and get into it myself. I'll be going up there next week. And then last weekend, I was at what's now become kind of a yearly a yearly occasion, Yurtfest, which was a little celebration for the birthday of one of our very good friends Shiva who is now after leaving Irish Shores and going to America to make an album and I suppose your fest this year was a birthday celebration a mini festival a get together of friends and also a nice we send off for Shiva so I'm going to have to guess that Dakara um, I'm more listening album I'm looking forward to catching up again soon that was another class weekend and Really nice to meet old friends, make a few new friends, and have a bit of a party. This week's podcast, I was thinking that we would have a little chat about business, craft business, startup businesses, and I think that I probably have got a good experience of what it takes to run a small business, especially as it relates to Ackley. We're in the sixth year of Ackley now and learned some hard lessons along the way and had a really good time overall so far. But it definitely was not without its challenges and it has been a massive learning process and still is a massive learning process. There's been highs and lows and I'm not really sure, I don't know how much of what we'll go through in the podcast today will be relevant for other businesses. So leave that up to you to decide uh, if you're involved in setting up your own kind of a project then some of the stuff you might really relate to. I feel like a lot of the stuff will be relatable because of the amount of times that I've spoken to people who are in other lines of business, cafes, musicians, shops, online businesses, 
And when we're talking to each other, it's like we're talking about the same thing. Even though we're in totally different lines of business, we're basically talking about the exact same thing. So, yeah, I think it'll be a good bit of background about um, about Ackley as well, if, if you're interested in finding out a bit more about where it came from and the different challenges that we faced along the way. So... This is episode 48 of the Rebel Matters podcast, and we're going to talk about business. seems hard enough to decide on a starting point when it comes to business and what to like what is the starting point where do you where do you start from uh, a podcast that we're going to talk about how to set up a business and maybe one thing to say is that what what I'm going to be talking about today today is in many ways it's kind of re- reverse engineered because I'm talking after six years of making the business happen and working through the the highs and lows and if you're at the stage where you're just thinking about starting something then there's no way around the fact that there are always going to be ups and downs there are going to be absolute shitty times and probably quite possibly a lot more shitty times than good times in the early days of starting a business that's certainly been was my experience in the early days as well it wasn't long before I was just thinking, what the hell, what the hell was I doing? And I mentioned on the podcast before that whenever I went to set up, actually when I had the idea originally to set up a personal training business and a training facility that would be very different and kind of an alternative way of helping people with health and fitness compared to what was out there already, that I went into the local enterprise boards and the local kind of business support organizations and they basically laughed me out of it this was back in 2012 or so so just kind of on in, in the recession really like we were still in, in recessionary times and they were like don't do this don't set it up and first of all your business plan is crap it's never going to work so go off and do something else and obviously i didn't take that advice but at certain times along the way, I was thinking, oh, well, shit, maybe I should have listened to them. But I didn't also um, listen to, to them at that stage either and carried on. And we're still here, and I'm really glad that I was able to get through those times. But as I said, there's no way to get around the fact that it's going to be tough to get something off the ground. To create anything that doesn't currently exist is always going to require effort and perseverance and, and vision, really. And I'm very glad that we were able to stick out the right out the storms to come through to this stage. So, um, maybe a good place to start is the idea itself. So, for me, this is something that I learned. Again, I'm talking. I'm not like up on the pedestal still here, saying we got this right from the very beginning because we didn't get it right from the very beginning. The things that I'm going to be going through today as it relates to Ackley and business in general were learned a lot of the time through first of all getting it wrong and maybe by doing this little podcast that someone out there will be able to go and make different mistakes instead of the mistakes that we made and that I made with Ackley but getting the idea down on paper and getting it kind of streamlined is definitely in hindsight one of the most important things breaking down what it is that you want to offer and breaking it down to the level where you can actually you know like that you could write it on twitter in one sentence and make it as simple as possible for people to understand at the beginning of actually back in 2013 
that message wasn't so clear. It, it was a personal training facility as such, but it was kind of, we had one-to-one personal training, we had one-to-four personal training, we had big classes and we had an open access gym and we were trying to do nutrition coaching as well at the time. And when I look back at that now, it's as if I was trying to start about four or five businesses at the same time. And what ha- ended up happening was th- we were just spread too thin. I was spread too thin. The resources of the business were spread too thin. The cash flow was spread too thin. And overall, the people who were coming into the business weren't getting the high quality service that I really wanted to be providing. Because when you think about it, if we were doing one-to-one training and we were also doing one-to-four training, like four people in a training session who were all doing their same their own training programs and one coach looking after them. And then we were also trying to run, say, classes of 10 or more. And then we were also trying to run a gym where people could come in and out as they pleased. It just isn't possible to offer a high-quality service to all of those people because, it's so, well, first of all, they're so varied. And second of all, with such a small team and such a small starting budget, it just wasn't feasible and it wasn't really offering as much value to people coming into the business as I wanted it wanted it to be doing and one key example the thing that made me realize this and was lucky that it happened at an early stage which is probably an indication that it's good when mistakes happen at early stages of business it's a good thing you might seem it might seem like it's an absolute fuck up at the at the time but the sooner that these things happen the better because you learn from them and then you can move on and start getting to the good stuff as soon as possible. But the thing that made me realize that we needed to focus and drill down on one thing and provide a really, really high quality of service was just one thing, was that was whenever we were offering um, the regular personal training that we do, which is one coach looking after four people who all have their own training programs, and we've developed this level of service over the last five years or so to a very high standard, so much so that we can have people, four people of completely different levels of ability. You could have a high-level athlete, someone who's just looking to get fit, someone who's coming back from an injury, and somebody who might have like really special um, kind of requirements with the help that they need during a training session, all training at the same time and getting really good value from their training session uh, under the watchful eye of one coach. But when we were running that along with classes that we were allowing like 10 people to come into, and the idea behind it was that the personal training side would be more expensive and more of a bespoke service and that the classes would be more general and a lesser price point and it would be kind of satisfying both both needs of of the potential members that we were going to have but what ended up happening for such a small business we ended up the classes ended up being three and four people in them and they were paying very little compared to the people who were doing the personal training so they ended up essentially getting the same service which was which was kind of undermining the service for the people who were paying for the personal training and the people who had paid for the classes ended up getting personal training which isn't great for the overheads of the business but probably wasn't great for them either if you show up and you want to be doing a class kind of a setting and you end up with in just with one other person then you're not getting that class experience where it's people working together and it's a bigger group so um that was the time whenever i thought okay it's time to drill down and pick one thing and the thing that we went for was the service that was offering the highest level of quality service to the members which was the personal training and from that point on from about the first six months of the business on I really focused in on developing that personal training personal training system and that's what we've been doing for the last five or six years and now we've become really well known for that format of training because of the fact that it's so inclusive it's still very personal um, it cr- creates a great working environment where people are working at the same time but not in competition with each other so it's very positive training atmosphere to be in and it provides a nice work environment for the coaches as well it's a perfect combination of being in people's company and having communicate communicating with other people and having contact with other people and being able to work on your, your own personalised training programme and that's what we've been focusing on so that's one thing is focusing on something very specific especially if you're a small business when you think about us for example actually is like a craft business it's the equivalent of a really small coffee shop or a craft beer company or you know like a artisan bakery making quite small amounts of product but at a very high quality level and 
we were going into that market kind of in competition with the massive chain gyms, in competition with the big commercial gyms that have shit loads of equipment, massive marketing budgets, really big teams. And at the time with Ackley, it was just me and one or two people on the team, on the staff um, from the very beginning. And there's no way we were going to compete with the big massive businesses the same way that uh, an artisan or a local coffee shop isn't going to compete with Starbucks or Costa or Gloria Jeans in terms of how fancy they can make the stuff in the shop or how much they can spend on marketing. So we needed to pick something else. And what we picked was a high quality of service and also decided that the thing that was going to give us the edge over these big places was the connection that we were going to make with our members that I was like adamant that all the coaches make a really good connection and that I was going to meet every single person who comes into our business before they start training and that's been the case over the last six years I've met every single person who trains at Ackley I meet them first from time to time another one of the coaches will do the consultations um, and meet them as well but the main thing is that one person from our business will sit down for half an hour with every single member at the beginning figure out what they want to work on and make a plan to kind of like achieve that those goals and get working on making a specific program for that person so when you look at that in comparison to the commercial gyms, I think the thing that, that is lacking mostly from commercial gyms is the lack of personal connection. You go in there, you don't know the people who are working there. There's loads of people in the gym, for example, and nobody's talking to each other. Everyone's just doing their own thing or on their phones. And that was the opposite of the the opposite kind of atmosphere that I wanted to create with Ackley. I wanted to create an atmosphere of connection and um and real personal connection whenever people come in there. And I know even from just thinking about this myself now, we have achieved that in a really good way. And the connections that, that are happening for the members that come into Ackley are a connection with themselves. When you start to learn how to move your body again and you start to see yourself getting better at stuff and learning new skills and getting your confidence up when your health starts to improve, that's one really good connection to, to nurture. There's the connection that the member has with other members when they're working with um, working with working in the room with each other and in the gym with each other and there's the connection that the member gets with the coach as well when you've got someone helping you when you've when you've got someone helping you through the um, the training sessions and uh, giving you encouragement when you need it and giving you a bit of a boost and then also um, showing you how to do the, how to technically do the X-rays and stuff like that. So that's that's what we decided to focus on. And that's what we decided was going to give us the the advantage over the big sort of anonymous commercial gyms. And it's I guess that's the same for any business. If you think about a small cafe, the thing that makes people coming back keep on coming back is the fact that you feel at home in the place and it's kind of like homemade food and you get to know the people who are working behind the the counter and you get to know other people who are hanging around in there and that you're you're just comfortable in the area so are comfortable in the in that place wherever that may be so that's a good place to start is get your kind of core service and identify how you're going to build a reputation for being better in some way than the big commercial companies that you're going to be going in competition with and another really important thing to talk about at the beginning of um, the begin sorry my phone's just going off there another thing another important thing to talk about at the beginning of a business is cash and how to get it and how to start a bit how to get enough cash to start a business so I can tell you a little bit about how I personally did it myself and it's funny I'm doing these one-on-one podcasts here these little solo runs I kind of end up getting myself into the place where I'm just in a bit of a flow of talking and over the last few weeks, a few people have come up to me and said, started talking about stuff that I didn't know anybody else knew about. I'm like, well, I was like, how, how did you know about that? And they're like, what? You were talking about it on the podcast. So maybe I'm going into the area of like over-sharing a little bit to her putting stuff out in the podcast that um, I didn't actually intend to talk about. But give us a bit of information about how Ackley started anyway, because I think that it's good to... When you see a business set up and you see it in its sort of successful flourishing form, it can be a stretch of the imagination to think back to when it was just a little seed 
or to try and figure out where it came from. And some people do start businesses with a big, nice lump sum of cash dollar bills. And sometimes people are given money or they have money already from a different, from their job or from working somewhere else or from a different business or from selling something. But uh, I didn't have that starting. I actually started from zero, starting actually started from less than zero because I had my student loans and stuff to pay off and I uh, had a car loan at the time as well. And when I realized that I wanted to start Ackley, that must have been about 2011 or something like that. I was like, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to start a different type of a personal training facility that's going to foster this kind of holistic approach of movement and connection between people and bringing in things like the book club and the long table lunches and stuff like that. Then it kind of changed my perspective on money in general. Whereas before that, I was just like getting money in and spending it, get the wages, spend them. I had a student loans, I had a car loan, as I was saying. And I didn't really have any vision for the long term when it came to money. But then when I decided to do Ackley, I was like, right, I'm going to have to start saving up here. And basically what I started doing was open a credit union account, which is something I would recommend everybody to do. I've had my credit union account open now for the last, like since 2010, so for the last nine years. And I've been consistently putting money into it over that period of time. And I've used it a few times to get loans and stuff whenever I've needed it. But I've used it primarily as a savings account. And that's what I started doing when I decided I was going to, to start actually. I was just saving up parts of my wages every week and a small percentage and then go up to the credit union on a Friday, put the money in and any bits of cash that I had at the time then was putting that into the credit union as well. And eventually saved up about €10,000, I believe, or maybe less, probably like seven in the credit union over a couple of years and then asked them for a loan, got a loan of 10000 from them, sold my car for nine and a half thousand at the time and also got an, a bank loan for about ten thousand and so between those all those things I had enough money to pay the deposit on the facility, do any bits of work that needed to be done to the facility to get it off the scratch and buy the basic equipment that I was that I wanted to start the gym with and also had a bit of money for like a website and stuff like that as well. And as soon as that was done then the paying back the loans is a different thing, which I suppose we can talk about a little bit if you fancy it. But one thing that for sure is worth mentioning is with the spending of the initial money. And this is something that I have kind of got right in the past, but at the very beginning, I think I got it wrong in spending a little bit too much money on some stuff that we didn't necessarily need. Like we definitely had too many computers in and around the gym in the early days. And they were an expense that we didn't really need. And I spent some money on marketing uh, with marketing companies that actually ended up being a complete disaster and a total waste of money. And that's one thing when it comes to money and starting a small business is that you'll find that everybody wants a piece of the money that's coming in. And it's not as crucial for anybody else. It's not crucial at all, actually, for anybody else to protect your bottom line or our bottom line as the business who's actually bringing the money in. So marketing companies and advertising companies are all wanting a piece. And there's also the tendency to spend loads of money on social media campaigns and stuff like that there. And at the end of the day, there are a lot of overheads in a business that maybe I didn't factor in at the beginning. So I thought we had way more money than we actually did because there were factors that I hadn't considered when it comes to um, say tax for example and um, the extra things that need to be paid for like insurance and stuff like that so from a money point of view I would say or from a cash flow point of view I would say that the important thing with the kitting out the facility was I took the approach to start from the inside and work on the core like the really important pieces of equipment that we need got good quality equipment from the very beginning and then started to develop outward. So it was basically dealing with the equipment that was required to provide a high quality of service to the members that were there first. And then we started expanding the equipment that we had on the inside to make that service better. Then worked on getting some signage, some basic signage for the outside. Then worked on some um, in, indoor kind of signage to make, make the atmosphere inside. Um, 
a bit more professional and kind of cooler looking and then went to the outside again for more professional outdoor signage so in essence what i was doing if you looked at the business kind of like a circle i was starting in the middle with the member and getting all the things that they needed first of all so that the standard of service would be really high and then expanding and spending money on the more outer layers of the circle as time went by so as we're nailing the, the core first and then work out a little bit then work out a little bit work out a little bit until we kind of ended up on the outside of the building putting up cool signage and now we have like a really nice sign above our shutter door in the Crawford Business Park we've got like shanuckles written on the outside of the building a nice sign inside which wasn't one of the absolute necessities at the beginning because if somebody's inside they kind of already know that they're in actually but it does add a lot to the the atmosphere on the inside of the business so that's how we've expanded it and the pieces of equipment that we ha- that we're getting now are things that we might necessarily have absolutely needed at the beginning but now are adding value because we've got the basics covered and um, another thing so about the loans then they take time to pay back but for me like loans are something that I was really adamant to pay off as soon as possible and I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast at some stage before but after the first couple of years of working my fingers to the bone and other people who are working at the gym working their fingers to the bone as well we had this massive debt we had the debt from the loans from starting the company and the debt to the revenue for tax that I just didn't have a clue what I was doing with tax at the beginning and one thing that I would definitely recommend if you're starting a business that is is to get an accountant from the beginning get the advice of a professional so that you know what tax you have to pay how to pay VAT and one of the best things I did from uh, from the setup point of view is we use it an accounting software and a payroll software we also have uh, which makes it really easy to identify how much needs to be paid um, to the different to the staff and to the revenue and stuff on a regular basis and also then set up two bank accounts one current bank account which looks after all the money that's coming in from the business and another bank account which is specifically for tax and paying VAT and stuff like that so the the money that goes to the revenue so I just transfer a certain percentage out of our current account into the tax account every week and then I know for sure that there's enough money to cover off all the the revenue bills going forward which was something I needed to do to avoid the absolute mess that we ended up in after the first um, couple of years of the business and at this stage now we're actually is like a, a debt-free business we paid back the loans and I've also been able to start um like a like I was paying back loans and when those loans got paid back then I was I was able to just not be paying the extra money towards loans but putting it into a savings account which is a really nice thing to be able to do coming from a point of being absolutely skinto all the time I thought that I was skint whenever I was in college in university and then I started a business and then I knew what it was like to actually be skint when I was going around like taking coins out of the change money box that I had in my bedroom to go and buy milk and stuff like that and me not being able to say have enough money to go back to Belfast nearly for Christmas I had to skimp that money together big time and a couple of times ran out of fuel in the van that I had at the time because I didn't have enough money to put uh, diesel enough diesel to get out and back to wherever it was I was going I had to get someone to come and pick me up and give me a lend of a couple of quid so there's always that potential for being uber skint and having the ability to put a couple of quid away into a credit union account is um, a really nice feeling after coming from that place and if you listen back to the podcast that I did with Dan John it's something that he talks about quite passionately about putting a certain percentage of your wages away so starting off at 10% and then what I've done over the years is just built that um, that percentage up uh, bit by bit and it's also important to mention which is definitely a mistake that I made in the past was that even though when the business started to make a little bit of money but a lot of it was going back out again like um so i mean with anything it's not the money that you're making that counts it's the money that you get to end up to keep or to use towards things in life that you value or that bring you that joy whether it's traveling or whatever the case may be 
but for a long enough period of time the business was making money but then it was just going out again and my rent was through the roof for the place that I was living um, at the time I had a car that I was paying back the loan on that as well and between that and the loans that were getting paid back it was basically working my arse off and had not really much to show for it at the end of the month so kind of took the decision a few years ago just to get rid of it to move out of the place that I was living get somewhere that was cheaper to rent uh, get rid of the car so that I wouldn't have the expense of the paying back the car and the tax and the insurance and the fuel and I suppose I didn't really need the car, which is a big part of why I got rid of it in the first place. But I also wanted to see what it would be like to be able to keep more of the money that was coming in. And it's not that like, I'm not saying that in a way to be like, like, um, oh, there's so much money coming in. Look, it's class. But just to be able to see that the work that was being done was resulting in being able to save up and, um, not to be spending money as soon as it came in because I think that it's nice to see that bit of traction, get that bit of traction with the work that's going on and and kind of like having the realisation that every single penny that you make is just disappearing again so it feels like that you're working for nothing and to see that you're working and you can see the results for it and you're getting to keep some of the results then I think that's a very important point uh, about uh, the cash and stuff like that there so about I wanted to talk a little bit about whenever the times are rough in, in businesses and this probably applies to any project, but I know that from talking to other people who run small businesses that they've gone through very similar things and have often thought about just like jacking it in. And and probably I would have jacked it in as well. Well, I don't know if I would have, but there was a time whenever I considered stopping with a business about four and a half years ago or five years ago there was well, probably about four and a half years ago yeah four and a half four years ago we had this debt that was after building up from the business with revenue and from uh the loans that i took to start the business and there were a few staffing issues at the gym this was in the old premises that we had the original premises which is a little bit outside the town and i remember walking home one day and it was lashing rain i was going back to this apartment that i was living in at the time which was like really expensive uh, I wasn't happy with the way that we were going with the business. There was the staffing issues that I was talking about. There was the debt, and I was like, "What the hell?" I was like, "What am I after getting myself to, myself into?" And I thought, "Right, fuck it." I was like, "I could just stop," but then I realized I can't stop because I had these loans to pay back. So then, it was like the penny dropped just when I was walking home in the piss and rain. I thought, "If I'm going to keep doing this, I'm going to do it the way that I want to do it," and that's whenever things like the book club and the loan more and the movie nights came into play and it's when I started to put the main focus of the service that we were offering on making connections with the people that were coming in to the business and getting to know people which is an absolute joy of any business any customer facing business the biggest joy for me is to getting to know people and if you're offering something that is useful for them or that brings people a kind of happiness if you're providing a service that brings other people together or that makes people happy, or that's helping them with their health, or giving them some sort of an outlet that's a positive influence in their lives, then that's a beautiful thing. So I wanted that to be the focus of the business, and that's what I decided to do from that point on. And thankfully, that, that paid off big time. Really, what I was doing there was coming up with this theory that if we're providing a quality service, if it's based on personal connection with the people that are coming in, and we're putting in a real genuine effort to get to know people, and help them with the things that they're coming to us with then that that's going to create enough positivity that more people are going to come to the business and want to be a part of it and over the last number of years that that has proven to be the case which is kind of a really nice thing to be able to look back on now and see that that that, that worked and also very grateful that it worked so that because it helped to get me and the business at the time was in a bit of a hole out of that hole and into a really positive place where we've got a class group of people around the members that train at Ackley people that work there and the other people who aren't members that come to the social events or use the book club or come and hang out in the social space it's just absolutely amazing at the minute so it is a nice feeling to be able to look back and to see that that worked but I suppose that the the message is that even though at times we feel like giving up on something it's 
it's so important just to keep going for that little bit longer. I had this, I don't know, is it like a fable or something in my head that I read in a book somewhere that this person was going digging for gold and they were digging their asses off for gold for like months and they couldn't find it and then they just decided to go home again and then somebody else was walking past and went into the hole that the first person had just dug and dug for like five minutes and struck gold and if the first person had just kept on going for another little bit they would have struck gold and would have seen the results of all their work but they didn't they just jacked it in and went home and that was one thing that was keeping me going through the tough times and if there's any if you're listening to this and you're having the tough times now then that's a really nice thing to keep in mind and just keep it going keep use the support networks that you have around you and just keep hustling until you get through the storm as such and one thing that I haven't mentioned yet but it seems to be quite a relevant thing to mention is like I didn't do any business training and I didn't have a clue about business whenever I started it actually I just had the idea that I wanted to offer this kind of or start this kind of alternative way of looking at health and fitness and um, training people based on bringing people together and it, it was a steep learning curve I did some business I did a couple of um, you know, kind of business, online business courses just like on, in my own time informally and read loads of books and they were helpful to a certain point but you know I spent the first year of the business trying to do things the way it was written in the textbook saying this is how you should do it but it just really dawned on me quite soon that advertising and marketing isn't the biggest load of bollocks that I've ever experienced in my life. And it was one of those one of those main things that I felt like the people that were always trying to take a slice of the pie that it was not their pie. It was like they were trying to take... There was people kind of like knocking on the door all the time, promising stuff. And a lot of the, a lot of the advertising and marketing that was, that's out there, it's based on playing up on our insecurities based on making us feel like shit and then selling a, a solution and this is something that I am very passionate about and very proud of with actually that we don't do it is we don't do the you know like people with their tops off before and after pictures and we don't do the six weeks to beach body and all those kind of marketing things we don't do the playing up on people's insecurities or creating a negative feelings first and offering a solution to anybody it's not how we roll we're we're more focused on like just creating positive vibes helping people with their goals and the word of word of mouth is the biggest way that that we get members we very rarely spend any money on advertising on social media um and i'm very proud that we do that because that is a real rarity today where we're living such busy worlds and there's so much advertising and so much competition between people that is always someone who's willing to kind of go a little bit lower drop the price lower make more drastic claims put more dramatic before and after pictures up there and really that's not positive advertising or positive promotion it's negative because what you're saying is look at this you could be like this you're not good enough right now but if you buy what we're selling you could be like this and then you'll be worth more and it's bullshit because nobody can add more value to the value to to our self-worth we're already we already have inbuilt self-worth that we're born with and the sooner that we all realize that then the better because then we become less susceptible to people making us feel like shit just because of their crappy marketing advert uh, marketing and advertising campaigns that are based just on like commodifying us turning us into consumers buying their product giving us their money and then they leave us in the happening place and they fuck off with all our money. That's not how it actually works, but it is how the vast majority of advertising and marketing works. And especially in the health and fitness world, because of the fact, especially as well, because of the way that social media has become so prevalent and there's all these like fitness models and quote unquote, and Photoshop has become such a thing as well. Most of the time you don't even know that what you're looking at is a real so I didn't want actually to be a, to be a part of that world, and I don't think that we are. I think that we offer an alternative way of looking at things, and as I said, is based on on building these connections and um, creating positive vibes rather than creating negative vibes. The other thing is, a business should be a kind of a cycle. If you go back and listen to the podcast that I did with uh, Dan Lambert from the Bang Bang Cafe, we talked about this in that episode as well. 
there's a cycle in our business for sure that I see is kind of a transfer of positive energy and positive vibes between the different elements of that cycle. So, for example, I wanted the staff and the team that work at Ackley to get something of benefit from working there so that they have, and me as well, have a sense of purpose, a sense of meaning to what we're doing, that we're involved in a craft, that there's some sort of expertise or there's a trade to be learned in in the work that we do. And that's in, in stark contrast to, like, say, a commercial gym, for example, when you go in, a lot of the time it's just someone who's sitting on reception and cleaning the place and only really there just to make sure that nobody kills themselves on a machine or something like that. But for the vast majority of the time in commercial gyms, there's no real, there's no real major skill involved in using the stuff in there anyway because they're all machines and the instructions are written on them a lot of the time. And I wanted something different for, for the team that work at Ackley, that they would have a, a real career opportunity, the real a real opportunity to connect with each other, other staff members, and to make real good connections with the members that are coming in and have that sense of purpose, a sense of going somewhere and a sense of... Um, I guess that sense of craft, craftsmanship, craftspersonship, then that is passed on to the member where they're getting the benefit of having a team behind the business that really is very passionate about what they're doing and are that the staff are spending so much time learning about stuff because they love doing it for the sake of bettering themselves, getting further down the lane with their careers and becoming better craftspeople. And if they're passing that energy on to our members because they're getting the benefit of it because they're the ones who are coming to, to you know, avail of the service that we're providing. And then that beyond that, that we're providing some sort of positive benefit to the community that we're in. And that's a tricky one as well. And that's something that me and Dan talked about in that, in that podcast um, with Dan Lambert is that it's all very well having a successful business and looking at the bottom line and being like this is the amount of customers that we need to make this business profitable and survive and how much we need to pay the rent and pay the staff but for me the purpose of a business goes beyond that we're based any business is based in a community we're based in a beautiful community in Cork City and for me the purpose of a business is to be a part of the larger community to provide to to provide something positive and create some sort of positive change or be a positive influence within the community as well. And how do you do that? Because we have the members who come to us and paying for a really high level of service, and we need to find some way that we're going to stre- reach, stretch out our reach a little bit. Um into the community and how we personally do it in Ackley is that we run the book club on the last Thursday of every month in the library that we've after that we're after developing in our training facility in the city centre and anybody's welcome to come to that. They don't have to be members of the gym um or past members or anything. Anybody can come to it and people come to it every month that new people who have never been in the gym before and that's great to see because that's bringing people together and it's also bringing new books into people's lives and um, we also do the Loan More, which is also open to anybody, members and non-members, past members, people who live around the area, people who travel. The pe- people have travelled f- from different parts of Ireland to come down and take part in our Loan More, which is class. Again, connect, building this sort of a community vibe. And then if you expand that even further, I would ask myself, is the purpose of a business to the same way that we want to create a positive change in the immediate community that we have around the gym, that we want to create something positive in the in the wider environment. And there are, if you've been listening to the podcast, then you're probably familiar with the Palestine Community Gym Project that we have in the go. That's a major thing. That's like, I mean, that's, for me, like that's that bringing that theory to quite an extreme where we're going to open a volunteer community gym in the Ada refugee camp in the West Bank and that's where that that's where that project came from it came from the from that idea that philosophy that a business the purpose of a business is to is to be is to create this little cycle of energy and cycle of value for everyone involved the staff the customers 
the community that we're in and the, the wider environment. So you can find out more about that, obviously, on the Palestine Community Gym Facebook page and there's the Palestine Gym on Instagram and there's the GoFundMe, gofundme.com forward slash Westbank Gym. But it, for a small business, doesn't have to go and open up another branch in a refugee camp on the other side of the world to, to be a positive change to the wider environment. It comes down to how sustainable the practices of the businesses are, the businesses as well, like how much um, plastic that we're using, the way that we manage our waste and, um, you know, our carbon footprint is something that we consider at Ackley and to try and keep that as minimal as possible. And, yeah, I think that's, that's a good thing that's applicable to any business, I guess. Um, another thing that I was th- going to mention, which has been a key part of developing Ackley and making it a sustainable business going forward um, from the very beginning, and it's something that I think that's really important for anybody who's starting a business to realize early on, is that the, the systemization of a business or... Uh, even the systemization of, of the processes that you have to go through to make something happen is a really key part to being able to deal with the next problem that's going to come down the line and not having to be caught up with the same problem all the time. So we have the, if you've ever seen the, the office that we have in Ackley, the walls inside the office are covered like graphs. There's a big a few graphs there's that cover some of the key metrics that we look at every week to make sure that we're on track. And if we see them metrics dipping, then we can do something to address it so that we're quite responsive. But on the other wall of the office, there are um, the graphs, or sorry, the graphs, the graphics and flow charts and little spider diagrams of the processes that we go through to do things. The things that happen in the business on a regular basis, uh, like opening the place, closing the place, uh, the steps that we bring, that we go through when a new member comes on board, the steps that we go through when we want to run, say, the payroll and different things, I guess there's loads of them. We have a big, massive folder of all these systems that we're going through on a regular basis, like an adding to it as the processes come up. If a problem arises and we come up with a solution for that problem, then we systemize it and put it into sort of a diagram or bullet points so that the next time that problem comes around, that it's much easier to deal with. And that leaves more space for the creative side of the business, which is the absolute core of what we do. If we're spending all of our time dealing with these like day-to-day things that are coming up that happen on a regular basis anyway, and we have to go back to the drawing board and start with a blank canvas every time, that just takes up so much time and effort and resources, especially for a small team. So the way that we work at it actually is we systemize stuff that happens on a regular basis and that creates more space for the creative side of things like making programs making training programs for people who haven't been able to get a training program anywhere else before because of the fact that nobody has had the expertise or the time or willing to put the effort in or build the personal connection with them to identify what they actually need and we can do that because of the fact that we've systemized the the regular stuff um, more and more and more and that's an ongoing process and we have that folder it's also a really good really good thing to do for training in new members of staff if, if that book is there the diagrams are there then you can bring someone through and say this is how you close the gym bang 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 instead of having to show them all the time or you can show them a couple of times and then give them the list and then they, they know it um, how to do it and also when I say about the leaving more space for the creative side of things, it also leaves more space to fix things whenever we fuck them up. And sometimes we do mess things up. We don't get things right or something goes under the radar where we need to fix it. And for me, the biggest lesson when it comes to um, fuck-ups in a business is that it's not so much the problem. The problem, Sorry, the problem isn't so much the fuck-up. A lot of the time the problem is if you don't fix it on time. So if we make some sort of a blunder or an over, have an oversight and we make the effort to fix it straight away, it can nearly turn into a positive thing then because whoever was involved in the, in the blunder can see well, that we're after making a really genuine effort to fix it and make sure that it doesn't happen again. Whereas if a, a mistake happens and it's left unaddressed, then it just gives that message that like 
you're just not on the ball or you don't care. And there have been times when that's happened in the past and we've been able to get together and fix it. And then it actually turned into a, a, a really positive thing. Um, so yeah, that's a bit of a run through of some of the, the key things that, that go in to the system of building Ackley. Um, let me know if you think this is relevant. I'd love to hear from anybody out there who's starting a business or who's been involved in starting a business or is even in like employed by a startup business or working somewhere where some of this stuff is relevant. Um, something I'm really like quite passionate about about um, talking about and learning more about as well. Loads of good books out there. Um, actually, one book... Uh, a couple of books that I can recommend. Let me see. There's one called Business for Punks, which is by the guy who started Brewdog, the beer company, which is one, read that a few years ago. It was recommended by uh, Jack Crotty, the Rocket Man, who is on one of the earlier podcasts here as well, which would be a good podcast to listen to if, if you're interested in business um, and starting businesses and stuff like that. There is also the, the episode with uh, Caroline Deusman, who was running the dreadlock shop in Cork City Centre when we recorded that episode, which is quite a good business-orientated podcast as well. Then there's another book called Business for Bohemians, which I read recently enough. It's a pretty cool, kind of like informal guide to small businesses and details some, some kind of blunders and stuff that the author had made in setting up his business. The author's name is Tom Hodgkins or something like that. But you can check that out. Um, off the top of my head, and I can't think of a couple of more of the. There's all the kind of standard. You should read these books, business books, like how to win friends and influence people. Um, the seven habits of highly effective people, and books in that vein. I'll try maybe think of a few more and put them up on social media or something like that. But anyway, thanks very much for staying tuned in for this podcast. Let me know what you think. Uh, get in touch on Instagram or Facebook, mainly Instagram under Rebel Matters Podcast. And as usual, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com, which is a platform that allows you to sign up for a monthly subscription to uh, your kind of favourite artists and producers and you'll find the Rebel Matters podcast there you can sign up for a euro two euro three euro a month and just help to cover the costs of the production and the production and creation of the Rebel Matters podcast it's episode 48 in class that we're still here making these podcasts and I really value the fact that you guys are out there listening and also that you're getting in touch with me is nearly every week someone new is getting in touch to let me know that you're listening and that does help a lot like and share the podcast on your social media accounts give us a five star rating and review on itunes if you're listening there and also do go and check out the palestine community gym project we released a new video there recently the full version of the video can be seen on the ackley facebook page and the Palestine Community Gym Facebook page, it's three minutes long, and there's a shorter version on the Instagram accounts, the Palestine Gym Instagram account, the Rebel Matters, and the Ackley Instagram, Ackley underscore Cork Instagram accounts. Check it out, and you can support us on, um, you can support that project on GoFundMe, and also we're going to be having the Gym Jam on the 20th of July, which has got a massive lineup. We're This is going to happen in Ackley. It's the second year that we're doing the Gym Jam. This year, we're going to have Moxie. We're going to have Kneecap. Oos um, are playing. Fish Go Deep are playing. The lineup is just going to be class. And we're going to have a bit of a Palestinian craft market there as well. So 20th of July, it's a Saturday. It's in Cork. Come down to that there. And uh, we'll have a good time. Other than that, let's go to Milamwaigov as a guest act. Let RMP um, keep it real until the next time. Biggie Jasper on the killer, slang of oil.